0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever. In the ages of all ages, Amen. I'm sure you've been observing the state of the world these days, right? And we see a lot of things happening and we, we begin to worry and remember, you know, the end times and the, the state of the world gives us a lot of fear and concerns and so on and so forth. But there's a great message in today's gospel reading that the Lord has given us that makes us consider something very important. When the Lord speaks of uh, a house divided against itself, or a kingdom divided against itself, He tells us to worry about these things, like keeping you know, our homes in good unity, and our cities, and our countries, and uh, avoiding war, and living for peace, and striving for peace. But it all begins at the center of me. It all begins at the center of my heart. And the question... As to where am I in my heart? Is there a division inside me? Am I lacking a uh, united or a oneness of mind or singleness of heart in my intentions? In my thoughts? In the way I deal with things on the integrity level of my own self that no one knows of except me and he who created me? This is the consideration I want to focus on today. We're called to take a stand on many things, right? People ask you, what's your stand on this? What's your opinion on that? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And people want to pin people against each other or cause people to take sides. But before taking a stand on these various topics and issues, we need to begin by taking a stand within ourselves. What is my stand inside me? Again, the words of the Lord were very powerful. Every kingdom... Divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. So, if I myself, me the person inside me, is divided inside me, then I, we brought my, I'm bringing my own self to desolation. I can't stand. Stand where? Stand what? How to take a stand? If I'm not even to stand for my own self, on my principles or my values. And being more strict on myself, first and foremost, than on those around me, then how can I stand? How can I stand on the day of judgment? How can I stand on the day of tribulation? How can I stand in the face of adversity? How can I stand in the face of temptation? I won't be able to because I'm already shaky on the inside. But there's a remedy for all that. So the Lord says, but if I by the Spirit of God cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And we know very well, at least if we are believing in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, if we believe as Christians, if we believe in our faith, if we believe in what the the saints and the martyrs and those who have preceded us have lived for and died for and continue to live for in eternity by, then we know that the, the kingdom of God has come upon us. We know that the Lord casts out demons and evil by His spirits. That there's no greater spirit than His. And we even say it. How many times a day do we pray the Lord's Prayer and say, Thy kingdom come. We say, Thy kingdom come all the time. And again, as we've spoken of in the past, if we say, Thy kingdom come, and we mean it, we mean that it come right now. This second. This is the meaning of Thy kingdom come. But the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as St. Peter tells us in his letter, concerning some people's views that, you know, where is God, why is He taking so long? His delay is for His desire. His delay is for His desire that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So the delay is for repentance. The delay is for us to be united as a people, but first and foremost united in our hearts as to what we want exactly, because the Lord asks us all the time, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? What are you seeking? St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Ephesians, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the saints and members of the household of God, having built, been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So he's saying, reminding us who we belong to, where we came from and where we're going back. He's reminding us of this. He says, since you've been baptized, since you've received the Holy Spirit of God, you are no longer strangers to heaven. You are no longer foreigners to heaven. This is your citizenship. This is where you're going. This is where you belong. You're just passing through here. Ever since that day, that means when we talk about the saints, talk about the martyrs, you have a, an inheritance with them. That's why St. Paul many times says to the church of so-and-so, called to be saints. He keeps saying this, call to be saints, called to be saints, called to be saints, to remind you and to remind me that we're just passing through here. And therefore, the kingdom coming in our heart, when the Lord says you don't need to look there or look there because the kingdom of God is within you. His throne is always waiting for you. He's always waiting for you to say, Lord, ascend on your throne. Take take your place, take your rightful place in my heart. St. Paul told us today in his letter, he said, Watch, stand fast in the faith. So watch, so be vigilant. Stand fast in the faith. Not just in what the news is saying or what the internet is talking about or social media, but in the faith. Stand fast in the faith, be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Again, this requires a resolute purpose in the inside of my heart. Between me and my Lord. And that's where that strength comes. That's where that bravery comes. That's where that love comes from. And that's where the foundation of my Lord Jesus is. Where he's calling us to to bring this together in our life with him. I'm sure you're familiar with the words of our Lord in many many passages of the gospel throughout scripture. And the Lord again is telling us again, this division won't lead to any building, won't lead to any edification. He says to us in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do both. It's one or the other. Again, he's trying to remind us, remain united on the inside. You can't serve two masters. Your heart cannot be for two different people, for two different persons, for two different issues. It's either all for God or nothing. That's the heart. And through that resolution in the heart, everything else falls into place. Our love for God and our love for our neighbor. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. That means he wants you to love yourself. He wants you to treat your neighbor the way you would treat him himself. So he's expecting you to love yourself in him. Again, everything in Christ remains straightforward and steadfast. It remains in good condition. Anything that meanders away from that, where the focus shifts from that, desolation happens. Even if it's not instant. Even if the corruption is not instant, it happens. St. Peter did not begin to drown in the water until his eyes were no longer fixed on the Lord's eyes. You yourself remind yourself of that. Fix your eyes on the Lord all the time. Keep them all the time. St. James told us today in his Catholic epistle, therefore submit to God. How do I do it, Lord? How do I make sure that the kingdom of my heart is only yours? You are the only king on this throne. He says, St. James, he gives us this advice. He says, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's reminding us, see there's that double-mindedness which causes division, which leads me to not be able to stand. He says, lament and mourn and weep. St. James sounds very harsh, but he's not harsh at all. If you understand the mind of Christ and the spirit of love that is embedded in these words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you will realize very, very simply, That this is out of love. When he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's not just those who mourn the loss of a loved one. But those who sincerely repent and struggle against sin, they will be comforted. They will be assured of God's love for them. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and be purified. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. This humility in the sight of God is not a fear. When the church says, worship God in fear and trembling. When the church says, stand in the fear of God and listen to the Holy Gospel. When the church says, bow your heads to the Lord. This is not some sort of fearful, monstrous submission. This is out of love and in awe of the power and the glory of this great God. The only God who's able to raise from the dead. That's why he, it's, it's an awesome thing. It's an amazing thing. It's not, just a, it's not meant to be for you to run away in fear, but to run towards him in awe, to realize how great is this person. When he says, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Remind yourself the difference. We want to talk about this more frequently, to remind ourselves of the meaning of receiving the holy mysteries reverently. St. John Chrysostom spoke about how when we receive the body and blood in reverence, realizing and discerning what it is we are receiving, we become fearful to the demons. St. Cyril of Alexandria said the same thing in a different way. He says, the devil fears those who receive the mysteries reverently. He fears them. He fears them because he sees that they understand what they're receiving and the potential that that is attached to. He sees that, so he fears that. When the Lord says, He's given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy, there are some people who use this authority and some who don't. Who, some who Like everyone is, is created in the image of God, in the form of God, but not everyone is living according to that power. Like St. Paul says, they have a form of godliness but denying its power. So think about that. We will all be receiving the Eucharist in a few minutes coming down the aisle. It's beautiful that a huge amount of people come to receive. But who is receiving reverently and who is just receiving? That's the question. No one can answer that question for you. No one. Only you. Only you know if you're receiving His body and His blood in reverence. It's not a big task. It's simply saying, Lord, grant me to realize what you have done for me. What is your sacrifice and how to receive you Simply like that. And the rest comes throughout the upcoming days and weeks and months and years ahead. So St. James's words here are meant to encourage us to be serious about standing united in our hearts against any form or any shape or any resemblance or semblance of evil. St. Paul tells us, "Stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage." You're not called to be in bondage anymore. You're no longer a slave. After the baptism that we receive in Christ, we become conquerors of the plots of the wicked. Joshua, the prophet, says, or Joshua in the book of the Old Testament, in this book says, "But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." It was a decision, a united front. Your house beginning your heart, the house of your heart. We'll start with that. Then we'll worry about the other houses, our family, our city, the countries, the world, wars and rumors of wars. Those are going to continue to happen till the second coming. But in the meantime, let me be united in my heart. Elijah the prophet once said to a group of pagan worshippers of a god named Baal, he told them, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. Choose for yourself, but you can't worship both. Choose for yourself. Make a decision. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But of course, we all know what the answer is to that one. St. Paul tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, it's a reminder to stand fast and not just go with the flow as they, they You can see the fish, they always say a fish that goes against the stream is the one that's still alive. A fish, that go, a fish that goes with the flow is a dead fish. I don't think anyone here is called to be dead fish. Micah the prophet and our Lord many times has given us that encouragement. We'll talk about that in a second. But this is from the Psalms that says, I have sought, with you, sought you with all my heart. Do not let me wander from your commandments. I have treasured your word in my heart so that it may not sin against you. Treasure the word of God in your heart. Keep it fresh in your mind daily, every morning. Keep the word of God fresh in your mind. Don't let it expire. Keep it fresh and living before your eyes and your mind and your heart to enable you to be stand fast, steadfast and stand against sin in all its forms. So in Micah it says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. We are called to rise every time we fall. And that's the promise given to us by he who died for us. I leave you with two couple of quotes to think of from some some Russian saints. One of them, St. Philaret, says, Every Christian should find for himself the imperative and incentive to become holy. If you live without struggle... And without hope of becoming holy, then you are Christians only in name, and not in essence. We are called to to search for it in in the heart. Say, Lord, grant me to be holy. Only you can make me holy, because only you are the Holy Spirit. Only you can sanctify me truly. Not just an appearance on the outside, or a form of, of appearance of religion on the outside, but a holiness on the inside. St. Justin says, orthodoxy is not a library which you can study, but an experience which you are called to live. Orthodoxy is not a denomination of Christianity. Orthodoxy is straightforward glorification of God. It's seeking to imitate the Lord in all things. May God grant us that same resolute mind and purpose. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.